0: I V M.
1: BQ Big Decisions, the Bloomberg Quinn podcast that helps you make the right financial choices. Hey guys, welcome and thanks for tuning in. I'm Alex Matthew and this is BQ Big Decisions. Now, if there's one thing that most Indians love as much as gold, it's real estate. You've probably heard all the arguments in favor of buying a house. Safety, security, it's a physical asset, it's not going anywhere. Your money will double. And even the old beta khud ghar to hona It's an important decision with multiple repercussions in your financial life. It is also an emotional decision. So the question we'll be broaching today is this. Should you buy a house or live on rent? I have two guests joining me today and hopefully our conversation will help you make that all-important decision. Anuj Puri is the chairman of Anarok Property Consultants. He's watched the real estate market through the lulls and the booms. Thank you so much for joining us, Anuj. Thank you very much, Alex. Okay. And of course... When you're spending anywhere between 25 lakh and, as my guest tells me, 20 crore on a house, you need effective financial planning. To talk about all the factors that come into play when you're buying that house and the financial jugglery that you'll have to perform, I have certified financial planner, Kartik javedi who is a director at Transcend Consulting. As always, a pleasure, pleasure Kartik. Thank you, Alex. Thank, thanks for having me here. All right. Now, the first question that I really want to broach, gentlemen, and I think I'll start with you, Karthik, okay. is on the scale of investments. First of all, do you consider real estate as an investment in today's context and where do you rate it in terms of risk and return?
2: Real estate as an investment today has... Um got a lower priority. It's gone down the ranks, really. Once upon a time, there were very few options, and it was a great option to go into. Now, there is a multitude of options, which are faster, efficient, liquid, tax efficient, so on and so forth. So, on all these parameters, real estate has sort of gone down a few notches. And uh, having said that, the risk and reward is also dependent upon the demand and supply. Mm. So what happens is today, we are in a world where there is a lot of good real estate and uh, there is ample choice anywhere in the city, whichever city you look at. And which is why the returns has gone down and the risk is also proportionately down, but there is not so much of a return happening as we saw in the last few decades. Anuj, you've
1: seen all of what Karthik is talking about, right? Whether it's uh, houses bought and we've all heard those interesting stories, right? You sit at a party and somebody says, you know, they bought a plot of land or a flat in the 90s for a few lakh rupees and that has gone all the way to a few crores now. That's right. Yes. But are we beyond that now?
0: So, Alex, uh, I quite agree with what uh, Karthik is saying is, uh, but, you know, I'll add uh, four or five different perspectives to this is, you know, first is uh, if you are talking about property and you're talking about commercial, I think it is the right time today to buy it because the yields that you look at commercial are fantastic. You know, 8%, 9%. Uh, The argument was that uh, it's difficult to buy an office space, difficult to then lease it and sell it. Right. Today you have instruments like REITs. Right. I uh, mean, for your consumers who are listening to this show, it's a fantastic opportunity to go out and uh, subscribe to REITs. You are getting about eight percent return. There is going to be a capital appreciation over the next three or four years. Right. And you probably will be able to get up to twelve, thirteen, fourteen uh, percent return. On the residential side, I quite agree with what Karthik is saying. Is that is it uh, is it an investment uh, opportunity today? Maybe it is still there for mid to long term, certainly not for short term, certainly not for speculators, which is what Alex had happened in the last few years. Mm -hmm. In the boom, we saw a lot of these speculators come in. That was between 2000 and 2010, that sudden crash and that sudden rise that we saw. Absolutely correct. Absolutely. And that, I think, has gone away, which is good for the industry. Now, on the other hand, if you were to look at uh, the way the regulator has come in, the way the compliances are coming in, Mm. I do feel is that this is going to become a stable asset right. to be able to uh, go ahead. I, I also think as your opening comments were very appropriate. Mm. Uh, the emotional decision, the physical asset, and still the uh, favoritism towards real estate by an Indian mm. uh, is very much on top of the radar. And you will see is that this will continue to remain either for a mid to long term investment as an asset or for actual end use. I'm glad you pointed that out, uh, Anuj, because that's my next point, you
1: know. Um, You know, if you're talking about this, Karthik, when you're buying a house and you intend to live in it, That's right. You're not looking to turn that around in three years, right? So, for for example, in a hypothetical case, if you bought a property and the prices have gone up 30%, you're not just going to get up and sell it.
2: Absolutely. You're not even going to check the prices, uh, maybe like the stock market. You're not going to check them every now and then. So, yes, you're right. We will not sell that property. At the same time, See, property decision is a very big decision. It takes away a huge draw from your resources. Now, whatever you're earning, obviously the loans are somewhere in the range depending on the earnings that you have. Yeah. Having said that, you don't want a lot of it to get sucked away at the cost of sacrificing other financial goals, Mm -hmm. right from some short-term things like holidays to a long-term thing like retirement. Okay. So,
1: we've established uh, the, the fact about real estate, about residential and Anuj made a really good point about investments and looking at REITs as an option. Of course, that market is developing and will develop over the course of the next few years. But One last question for both of you with regard to what you should factor into the cost. And I I, I think a lot of people don't factor this in. A lot of new housing societies have all the top-notch amenities. And that comes at a cost, right? So should you factor in the maintenance cost when you're factoring whether or not to buy a property?
2: Not only maintenance. I mean, maintenance is going to happen from the time you take possession. But even before that, while you're buying the house especially if you're buying an under construction, there is a GST component to it. Right. So they're talking about making a revision on that. But GST, stamp duty, your registration, all of that itself is a huge 20% over and above the price of the asset. Now... Add to that the maintenance cost. So you actually need to have a separate reserve or a separate little fund, if you like, which will keep paying for this. Because this can be, again, a huge draw in addition to the EMI. Hmm. Because like you mentioned, the amenities are the best and everybody wants the best. Criterias have gone higher. Lifestyle luxuries is what we all want. So there is a huge price to pay for it. Okay. okay. Now, I I want to go to the next argument that a lot of people make. Okay,
1: Anujan, hopefully I can start with you on this one. I'm earning rent on my property. And if, if I'm not staying in it, uh, that rent is going towards paying off my loan. But the problem is that in India, by and large, the rental yield, which is effectively the rent that you earn uh, as a percentage or, uh, of, of the amount that you pay for the house, is really small.
0: It is true, uh, Alex. And uh, you know, I'll just continue with what, uh, where Karthik left uh, and then you know, address the query that you have. Is uh, I, I think the GST and the stamp duty, you should take it as the cost uh, itself right. because you know that is always going to go in it uh the government has done well by bringing the gst down for affordable housing to one percent and for uh, the mid and luxury to five percent so right. you know they they have uh, made a decent attempt of uh, that is the second is on the maintenance it is true if you want a certain quality of lifestyle i mean you have to pay i mean Correct. if you want to eat in a five-star hotel you'll have to pay five-star absolutely costs. absolutely uh, Absolute okay. for for that is yeah Uh, The second is a very important point that you're making is that your mortgage rates are higher than the rental yields that you're getting in uh, residential properties. So does it make sense to buy a property and have a negative arbitrage, Mm. which means really every month you're paying additional EMI from your pocket over and above the rental that you earn? But Alex, let me take you back, say, uh, 8 or 10 years ago. If Mm. you had actually bought a property, Mm. which was... At the price of uh, say two thousand and eight or nine or ten, right? Today that rental yield will be somewhere between eight to ten percent. Oh. In the last few years, hmm. where the argument uh, for residential property has lost its uh, relevance in the market, or, and, you know, it'll be, yeah. uh, or or sheen, and it's difficult for me to you know, have this argument with Karthik is is because there is no capital appreciation. Yes. Uh, But, you know, this argument, if I was to speak with Karthik uh, about eight or 10 years ago, uh, when the capital appreciation was happening very rapidly, you would have seen is that uh, it was when you add capital appreciation and rental, the returns were 12
2: to 13 percent on a consistent basis. Karthik, you have a point to make. Yeah, so I do tend to agree with Anuj and which is why a lot of times when I'm giving advice on real estate, a lot of times I'm saying if you wanna buy it as an investment, it's actually for the second generation to enjoy, not right. for you to enjoy. Because by the time you know you start having handsome rentals, it's something else. Today People who bought properties in the 60s and 70s, right. or even the as much as the 80s, are earning a monthly rental more than the whole capital price that they paid for it. Yeah, that's you a see? significant. It's increase. a significant appreciation. So the second generation really enjoys it. So if you want to buy an investment pr- a property from an investment point of view, and have great rental yields, you have to have a huge amount of patience. Probably not happening in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Probably happening in the next uh, kid's life
1: that you have. So. You know, so that actually very interestingly brings me to the next leg of the conversation. Say hypothetically that you have decided to buy a house, okay? Now, there is a strategy involved, right? You can either buy it now and take a large loan or you can decide that you want to buy a house and say maybe eight years, nine years down the line and allocate a certain amount of money towards buying that house, you know, invested, say, in the equity market through mutual funds or directly, earn a certain amount of money and then reduce the uh, the amount of loan that
2: you take that's one strategy that absolutely we do that all the time we call it the down payment fund that's at least our first target so if you do not have a dire necessity to buy a house now and a lot of times you're not sure whether you're going to settle in a mumbai or a delhi or a bangalore or a chennai you don't know where you're going to go so then a good option might be that wherever you think if you know where you're going to settle ultimately buy it there Or if you have to buy it here, let's make a fund first. Because, you see, it gives you a tremendous amount of financial security, of sense of security, if you've got, like, 50 lakhs, 1 crore, 1.5 crore behind you. Because then when you create a liability, you know that you can sleep easy. Worst case scenario, you know, you can still pay it off if you really have trouble. And eight years down the line,
1: you know what your context is. It's likely to
2: be different than it is today. Sure. And you can then take a, choice, uh, a decision and, in those eight years. And even years. if the price is higher, but it's not going to run away so much that it's going to beat the returns that you will make somewhere else. That is exactly, so you will
1: have a lot of security. Karthik, that is exactly what I want to ask Anuj about. Now, that's a fear that a lot of people have, right? What if I postpone my decision by eight years? That's a long time. What if the prices of real estate run away?
0: Is that likely to happen based on the last five years? So, uh, Alex, not based on the last five years. The last five years, the market has been flattish or in some uh, micro markets gone down. I do believe is that we're at the bottom of this market because you were to look at the balance sheet of the listed developers or, you know, when I do speak with the developers or when we are doing the valuations, we're seeing that these guys are really not making any margins. So, Alex, I'm firm uh, with my thought that we 're really at the bottom of the market, and you will start to see price appreciation because at the price at what they 're selling today yeah. it doesn 't make any sense for the developer right uh, to do the math right because there is really no profit okay. uh, left in it is either the supply is going to go down dramatically, yeah. in which case the demand will exceed the supply and hence the price will go up, yeah. or the price needs to go up for these developers to remain interested in delivering the product right so i I, I do feel is that uh, you know this argument Uh, You know, if we were to do maybe in 18 months time with Karthik again, uh, when the market has started to run up, you know, it may have a different view uh, from Karthik because it's been going down for the last five years. Uh, You know, it is difficult to be able to rebut that, that there is a capital appreciation likely to happen. But in the last 50 years, we've seen that there has been capital appreciation happening. And I do believe, given, uh, you know, I've been in the industry for long, that at the math that these developers are working, they're not producing any profits. Absolutely. Anuj, I agree with that from the perspective of the developer, but also from the perspective of the
1: buyer. If it crosses a certain threshold, then it starts losing its relevance.
0: I I can't afford it if it goes to 25 lakh. uh, I, I, I completely agree. And Alex, those products will just not sell. Yeah. So it's not necessarily so that the per square foot price will come down. Yeah. What will happen is that the area mm. is going to become more effective, more efficient. So a three-bedroom, what they were selling at 2100 square feet, right. would probably be now built more efficiently, productively, just like what happens in Hong Kong or Tokyo or Manhattan. And we're seeing that already. And we're starting to see that already. Yeah. Previously, it didn't matter to the developer because everything was selling. And hence, 2100 square feet, three-bedroom was selling. Yeah. Now, it needs to have an efficient design at four 1,400 square feet. And hence the ticket price becomes more affordable.
1: Okay. Now, before we go to the last point, which is the tax uh, angle, I do want to broach one last topic in terms of, suppose you buy an asset, real estate, you know, um, what do you have to factor in uh, with regard to the illiquid nature? How do you plan that? And perhaps you can give a little perspective as to how
0: the secondary market is going and how you see that going. So, um, Alex, you mentioned and Karthik also said in his opening remarks uh, that, you know, there is cost associated to that and it is an illiquid asset unless you are doing it in a REIT. Again, these REITs have come in in the last uh, uh, two or three months uh, and it is very liquid. I mean, you can get onto the stock market, you can buy it today at 11 a.m. in the morning and you can sell it at 4pm in the afternoon, right. at whatever it is. And it's like or buying units in a mutual fund. It's buying units in a mutual fund. So it is very, very easy. I do want to, you know, say that, that it has uh, become a, a lot more liquid. Mm-hmm. On the residential side, it is highly liquid. So if you're thinking that you're going to buy it today and you want to sell it in six months, there is a cost associated and there is a time uh, that is required to be able to dispose and monetize uh, that asset. So, so plan I would say it accordingly. At least three to five
2: years you need to plan before you think is that you're going to sell it. Karthik, you had a point? You know, I want to make a quick point here. So if you're buying a residential uh, property somewhere in a newly developed residential project, right? It, the wait is going to be longer. The liquidity factor is going to come way down the line. The reason for that is very simple the place has to settle down. It has to become a habitat. Right. It has to have social infrastructure around it. So, mm-hmm. therefore, it's going to take longer. Now, if you want to have the option of liquidity, then you need to look at a place which is already settled. Right. Which is functional, beautiful. Like Mumbai, take a Juhu, take a Parade, Take you know, where... The moment you say, I want to sell it, there is somebody from the building itself who will have the first uh, want to buy it because maybe families are expending. Convenience factor. And life is already fully operational there. So the demand so, factor. But then the cost is high. Then. Yes,
1: absolutely. Karthik, I want to come to you uh, with one uh, last point with regard to strategizing, right? Uh, when it comes to personal finance, these are all goals. Uh, right. So buying a house is a goal. How do you rank it in the larger scheme of things? Because I've, I've come across several people who've put major life goals like retirement or children's education on the back burner in order to buy a house.
2: And not only that, they're buying the house and then they're in a rush to prepay it uh, as well. So what happens is people have to understand that a big chunk of your money is going to go away and you're sacrificing all of the financial goals. So I would rank it a little lower down the line. A, for financial security, and B, for the fact that you have some resources behind. If things go wrong, if the job goes out, and today we're living in a world where uh, maybe artificial intelligence or robotics is taking away a lot of jobs. So there is a threat to your income per se. So till the time you don't have options for that, or till the time essentially you don't have a backup, don't plunge in and make a big commitment. Okay. Slight exception here for women. For a lot of women, because the life, the way it is these days, I do tell women that, you know, it's not a bad idea. Just go ahead, buy a little pad for yourself. Because... Life can turn whichever direction. And if you have a pad of your own, it's... See, in an Indian society, difficult to go back to the father's house, difficult to get absorbed back in the in-law's house if there's a problem. You have your own pad. No, that's and a in very the meanwhile, self-empowerment or empowerment in the sense of a rental coming in.
1: That's a very important uh, point, Karthik. And we are going to broach the topic of women... Uh, and, and how they plan their finances in sure. a later uh, conversation. For now, we leave it at that. I, I do want to touch upon the
2: tax angle. Um, there are benefits to buying Oh, that's a house. absolutely right. Two lakhs in your, um, you know, for interest benefit and one lakh 50,000 is a part of your ATC. So do be mindful is, is
1: really the point when you're making an investment into a house. But there's also another angle which was announced in the budget or rather the interim budget, which is likely to come into play this financial year, which is
0: a long-term capital gains angle, Anuj. Yes, uh, so, so there are a number of uh, tax benefits, uh, Alex. Uh, you know, certainly on the affordable housing, they have given a, a number of uh, benefits under the Pradhan Mantri, Avas Yojana. Um, and you know clearly that has uh, propped up the demand on the affordable housing. Uh, but equally on the long-term uh, capital gains, uh, they have said is that uh, if you were to sell one property, previously you could only buy and offset the capital gain tax by buying just one other property. Uh, this was a relevance that was given for Bombay where you're selling an apartment in South Mumbai and you have got two kids and you do want to buy two different apartments for those two kids, you have an ability now to be able to offset for both those apartments rather than just one. But you can only do that once
1: in your In your lifetime. All right. With that, I think we've covered most of the important aspects, at least of the financial nature that would come into play when you're buying a house. Of course, for the emotional angle, you should speak to all the stakeholders in your life before you make this decision. On that note, thank you so much to both my guests today, Karthik and Anuj, for joining us on this conversation. With that, it's a wrap on this edition of BQ Big Decisions. Do stay tuned and watch this space for a lot more in personal finance. This is Bloomberg Quint.
2: If you enjoyed Big Decisions, check out some other podcasts on the IVM Podcast Network. You can check out Pesa Vesa hosted by Anupam Gupta. Advertising is Dead, hosted by Varun Dugirala. The Ronnie Screwwala Podcast, hosted by Ronnie Screwwala. Or Cyrus Says, hosted by Cyrus Procha. These shows are available on the IVM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from.
0: Look, up in the internet, it's a meme. No,
1: it's a cat video. No, it's the Geek Fruit Podcast. That's right, we interrupt this riveting broadcast to tell you about our show, The Geek Fruit Podcast, where Tejas, Dinkar and I, Chishnu talk about everything in pop culture including DC, Marvel, Star Wars, Netflix and everything in between You know how your friends hate it when you ramble about some nerdy crap and you just want somebody to listen to you Well, sorry, there's nothing we can do about that but come listen to us ramble and it'll almost be like the real thing Kind of Listen to new episodes of the Geek Fruit Podcast every Monday and the Geek Fruit Bulletin every Thursday on iTunes, Google Podcasts, the IBM app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy
0: listening, you nerds.
1: Filter coffee is a fascinating beverage. You need to pick the right beans, blend them in the right proportion, roast them to perfection and slow brew at the right temperature to get the perfect cup. Which is exactly like great conversations as well. You need to track down the most interesting minds, get them into their zone, and settle down for an unhurried, unscripted chat. And coffee for me is always, always, always best enjoyed with friends. I'm Karthik Nagarajan, and do share my table as I meet some of the most interesting people I know and sit them down for a strong cup of coffee and an even stronger conversation. Join me every Wednesday for a freshly brewed episode. This is not frappe. This is the Filter Coffee Podcast.